Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Five Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping the Chargers game, talking a little bit about what to expect next week, as well as giving our biggest off-season needs since we're hitting that time of year. But first things first, where the fuck was this team the last two weeks, Jose, or four weeks, I should say? Um, they was missing because the Chargers were not their opponent over and over again. Because that but, seems I mean, to be it's their. Not like, own. It's not like the Jags are much better. No, they're they're I not. Mean, the Jags are worse. I mean, but I mean, at this point, it's just are they worse? Are we sure they're worse? I mean, the I mean, Chargers are pretty bad by like too. Thirty by the to the uh, to the Chargers. Yeah, that was two, two weeks ago. That's different. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing about the Raiders. They're just like they just they. Sh- I mean, that, that's then plus it's also a division team. I mean, there's always yeah. familiarity, and those teams True. will always play closer. I mean, except for Raiders against Chiefs, that's always a blowout for the Chiefs. Whoa. But I mean, that's Easy definitely enough. how that's definitely how it, how it goes. That's that's a huge part. I mean, the Chargers are not good, and just that familiarity for the Raiders just that's how it pans out. I mean, yeah, it and it's kind of funny. I was kind of think of it, um, you know, as as the topic definitely heats up. It's like, well. Riding the uh, the car roller coaster right now. We got got <laughs> that track right, track riding just right in the right time for John Gruden to say, you know what, maybe this guy he's he's worth keeping. So, hey, I mean, I I feel like we got to give it up to him at least. I mean, I know it was a lot of slants, a lot of quick routes, but the guy actually put together a hell of a game today. Especially after last week when he yeah. said uh, during the week and Vic Tafer wrote a brilliant piece about it, saying like. Oh, he's getting up there in age, and I want a guy to like light it up. I want him to sling it. I want big plays, and he brought up a good point. Well, if he wants that, maybe he should call yeah. some plays that would set him up that way, and that's 100% fact. I mean, just like as much as I, uh, I've been slamming Carr, I mean, I've I definitely have never left John Gruden absolved from criticism. Nope. It's definitely his fault. He's not calling like the right plays, and I'm seeing things like – why are you not like you're not even giving him a chance? I mean, I understand like Carr is like pulling the trigger on some of these um, a bunch of these checkdowns, so a good yeah. a good portion is his fault, if not like a good bulk. But definitely, come on, Gruden, you're the head coach. You got to tell this guy, hey, stop throwing that goddamn checkdown. You're the <laughs> head coach. You call the shots, and if he doesn't follow through, then you're gonna have to figure out some way to earn your respect or like lay the law down. Because if your quarterback is like doing whatever he wants and you're telling him, hey, do this, then what does that say about you, the head coach? Just lack of respect and lack of authoritarian figure. And so, I mean, you need to have to be able to at least have some plays in that in that sense that sets them up right. Because, I mean, the car probably doesn't think, like, nah, I'm not sitting there for that mm-hmm. long. And especially today, I mean, like you said, like, oh, there were slants and there were some, like, underneath stuff. But, you know, that's the game plan varies. And that was yeah. the right one to play, especially, you know, no Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. And Colt Miller didn't look great. No incognito. And that pass. Brandon Parker pass got protection. benched. Yeah, Jesus, man, he's he's so horrendous. I can't believe they drafted that guy. That's please stop letting Gruden call the shots <laughs> like that for the draft. But that's that's for a different episode coming soon. But yeah, it, it was just it, for that game plan, it was all right because Carr was getting pretty beat up, and it was like I swear to God, like it felt like a half, at least half of their second and third downs were like second and past five, which was part yeah. of why he was getting sacked and pressure. And it was just disgusting to watch. But I mean. Yeah, it's because the Chargers aren't their opponent every week is why they look good today, personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. The Chargers are kind of in shambles at this point and have been all season. But 
The thing that I kind of felt a little bit with Gruden is, you know, without Josh Jacobs, he couldn't really just rely on it. It had to be more creative, but had to open it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. I honestly thought it, like you were talking about before, like he kind of catered it to Carr a little bit more and they were able to get, you know, a few dink passes that Carr might want to throw where he wants to get the ball out of his hands, but they were able to hit for some big plays. And I mean, I just felt like it was a different energy at least today. I mean, which kind of sucks because, you know, as much as LA is a part of history of the Raiders, you'd like to think that they would have had a little bit more last week, but last week was last week. We'll digress. Yeah, and that's pretty much the sad part about it. I mean, once they lost that game, I mean, I mean, the playoff playoff hopes essentially died. Even though today they are still alive, are. but come on, dude! Like, everything that happened, you're, you're, everything that they needed happened at least. Maybe. They're gonna go into cold weather Denver and try to beat Denver, who's been surging, who is looking probably better than the Raiders, and they're gonna have to have the Steelers lose, Tennessee lose, Indy to win, and somehow have the strength of schedule win uh, better. The Steelers just means. Some of the losers that they've that some of the teams that they defeated and like the Steelers need to be. There's too many variables involved, man. The odds of that is just. <laughs> I mean, as as much as it looks good now in hindsight, I mean, should they have lost today's game, Matt? Should they have lost it today and just like seriously just tanked? I mean, personally, I think they should have tanked. <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely a you know I'm definitely always on the strategy of my the least my. The place I hate to be in the NFL is seven to nine and out of the playoffs because, like you said, you get a or like we've talked about before, you get a middle of the road pick. So from that sense, yeah. But the thing that I liked about today's game, at least, was that it wasn't like a whole bunch of old timers, like guys that I'm looking at the roster and they're not or that are making plays and aren't going to be on the roster next year. You know, it was Hunter Renfro and you know Tyrell Williams who's kind of auditioning for next year at least at this point, and you know Max Crosby had another big game too. So I think from that point standpoint, when you have such a young team, it is a little bit of, you know, you can't tell these guys to back off. You can't tell them to continue to develop. And then when they actually perform well now, okay, now we've got to stop playing well. That's the thing. The frustrating part for me is like, if you're a head coach, what are you supposed to say to them to tank? Yeah. I mean, what, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, head coaches, especially on game day, they're not, they're not actually trying to lose. I mean, if everyone thought the Miami Dolphins were trying to lose and look, now they have like, what, like four wins now already. Yeah. And they went from like a top one, two or three pick. And I think they're now the top five, if not like maybe a higher, I'm not sure. But point is, yeah. I mean, they're not, no one's trying to lose. This is not the NBA where they definitely are trying to lose. I mean, <laughs> look at the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry, broken hand. He's not, come on. You don't take more than a month and a half to recover from broken hand. He can come back. And they're talking about he's not returning until February. That that has tank written all over it. But yeah, NFL, especially Gruden, he wants to win. He doesn't he doesn't care about that draft pick. Although come draft day, he's gonna care about it. <laughs> I mean, we're at this point last year. Like I was even thinking, you know, maybe as much as like I, I'm I'm cool with them losing, get a higher draft pick. It wouldn't be bad bad winning these last final games, which they did at the end of the year this time in 2018. Yeah. You know, try maybe have some momentum built, and that's pretty much the stupidest thing and most naive thing I've ever said. No, oh, try to yeah, get some momentum built and taking nine months off. Like that's so stupid. Because look, had they lost those games that they were supposed to lose at the end of the season, like who 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 are some of the wins that like the Steelers had they lost against the Steelers? Like as great Arizona. as that was experience. Yeah, had they lost against Arizona, but that was like the second win. But who were the final two wins? It was Steelers, and then they beat oh Denver and Denver. Oh, I mean, as as great as those two last two wins were, great memories in the college. And everything, and mm-hmm. especially I was there. It was pretty. It was a lit ass game, but I mean, 
I mean, look, it, it cost them Quinn and Williams. It cost them Nick Bosa. Yeah. And now you were forced to draft this bust of a guy in Cleveland Furrow, who once again looked good against the Chargers, which, damn, they might as well once again play the Chargers every week because then he would actually live up to his draft status. I mean, just tank. I wish they lost today, and I hope they lose next week because I don't give a shit if they make the playoffs. I mean, great, you <laughs> made the playoffs. Where's Is that going to benefit you better than, like, you know, two to three spots higher in draft capital? No, it's not. Well, you get experience. What experience? You're going to get rolled. What are they going to be, the 6th seed? They're going to get rolled by who's – oh, God, Kansas City. If Kansas City <laughs> doesn't make the first round by. Come on. Let's. I mean, it's great experience. Great. But let's let's try to take the fanboy aspect out of this and realize, hey, let's sacrifice pain now and hope for future later. But, I mean, at this point, I think the counter would be to that is, do you trust Gruden with another higher round pick? I mean, <laughs> it's like, does it really matter whether they're slated? Because Gruden's still going to probably mess it up somehow. And it's like, okay, now you got some little sense to that. But, you know, they won today. And, I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, if they do have, you know, one guy that they really do like at the top, they can use both first to try and move up. Now, granted, they need more than one guy. So I see what you're saying from that standpoint. But I, I mean, it's just like I said, with so many young players, like I just feel like, you know, getting into that mentality is just it's just a little dangerous at this point, you know. But if they lose and uh, I, I am at the point where if they lost today, it wouldn't really bug me. It wouldn't really change my mood. And if they lose next week, I'm kind of in the same boat where, you know, as long as I can at least see them put together a few drives where they look like they have some signs of life. For example, I really hope, I mean, we don't know how bad it is, but I really hope Trayvon Mullen doesn't play because obviously for him, if his neck's that bad, the worst thing that can happen and along the same lines as Jacobs is getting even more injured. And yeah. obviously that's going to screw him down the line. So I do want to see them be cautious and, you know, give guys like Keyson Nixon, who got a lot of playing time today, and Isaiah Oliver, who was inactive today, maybe giving those guys a little bit more playing time. And, I mean, if you're tanking that way, that's what I'd kind of like to see because at least you're putting out a competitive lineup and you're not, you know, creating this, as we've heard all season, creating this culture of losing. But I do, I do think next week is kind of in their best interest to lose if they do lose that game. Well, I mean, they probably did try to tank today since they tried killing Trayvon Mullen twice today. And the oh, second Jesus. time, it looked like they did. Like, Jesus, Fucking man. I, did, Riley. I didn't see the second hit. I saw the first one. I didn't see the second hit. I stepped out, but I came back in, and I was like, what the hell happened, man? I still haven't seen the hit. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah it's it like bad. these guys are trying to tank by not, <laughs> not trying to purposely lose, but trying to take each other out. Yeah, yeah, it, w it was bad. I mean, like I said, Curtis Riley, like, at this point, he's literally hurting you on the field. Literally. Like ever since he stepped in for that Minnesota game, it's like, what does this guy do, man? He's so horrible. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about the offseason a little bit and talking about next year, I'm curious, man, what's your biggest offseason need as of right now? It still has to be edge rusher. It easily has to be edge rusher. I mean, even if we think, oh, Crosby is going to develop and Furl develop. All right, that's cool. And and as much as Dion plays like looks like an interchangeable piece on that line that's great but i mean there's no such thing as too many pass rushers exactly. i mean look at the 49ers they're freaking loaded on that front look at all the great defensive pass rushing teams they're just overall loaded overall oversaturated that's what you need and at least by that point it's better than just continually to try to draft these busted corners i mean i know mullen's coming around i mean who knows the extent of his injury but it's better just to to focus in on that area of group for the defense because it just does so much. I mean, it does so much. You put these 
quarterbacks, these offenses in such a pinch and it's hard to scheme. You can't scheme out all of these pass rushers. At least someone's going to get free. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's once again, it's like the second valuable position after quarterback. And you, you're able to find someone there in the draft or someone to find free agency or both, actually. Do both. Why not? And I know yeah. Benson Mionas look pretty solid. <laughs> like probably the most, cons- he is the cons- most consistent defensive player, I believe. And I mean, that's easily by far. I mean, I know I understand that they already doubled well more than doubled their uh, sack out uh, sack output. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are now. What is it like 29 or something like that? But after today, maybe it's like in the 30s. They, yeah, they cracked 30 today. They cracked 30 today. Like that's that's good. I mean, yeah. I mean that's I mean people want to say like yeah look at look at the job Buckner's done. I mean like yeah let's not let's not give him too much credit this year. This, this year is like all right that's a nice little nice little insight. Let's wait until next year to see the real leap with these young players. Because I mean let's not act like. <laughs> getting upward from 13 is that much better because it really couldn't have gone much worse. That was an historic, horrible output that they did last year. They didn't even yeah. average a sack a game. I'm glad that they were able to average about two sacks a game this year. Great. You're barely reaching towards average levels of every NFL team. Great barometer there for you. I mean, yeah, we'll get into Buckner uh, maybe maybe in a couple weeks or so. But And I totally hear you on edge rusher. You know, I 100% agree. You know, I think I was looking it up before this. And uh, I want to say they were like 26 in the NFL, which is a lot better, like we said, than last year when they were in a league of their own in a bad way when it came to pass rush. And I think it is a lot better, but I definitely think, you know, if there's a guy in the first or, well, they don't have a second, but the third round or even a free agent that the Raiders would be foolish not to at least kick the tires on them and then definitely, definitely look into it and uh, get look, look for a pass rusher that way. But for me, and I'm going to sound like a car stand here, but I'm going to have to say that my biggest need is wide receiver. Mm. And I do agree with car stands on this point that this is an awful wide receiving core, especially with Tyrell Williams injury. Granted, he had a few big plays today and looked a lot better. And I think we saw a little bit of what he can do, but we've also talked about it during the summer. And I know Mayock and Gruden won't view, didn't view him this way. And I really don't care. Like we talked about it, he's a number two, not a number one. And I don't know why they were thinking he was number one, but we've talked about <laughs> it before. And I just think this team needs that number one guy. You know, last week I've, or the last couple of weeks, I've charted the Raiders passing game for PFF. I've watched Zay Jones run routes, and Zay Jones is like a refrigerator magnet and defensive, uh, and defensive backs are like refrigerators. He just goes there and gets zero separation. I mean, <laughs> Hunter Renfro played well today, but I just, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm not excusing Carr from this, and I'm not trying to say that you know Carr needs a number one wide receiver. I just think even if they bring in a young guy, they need someone who they can rely on, who they can go to. Right. And I give them a break a little bit because you know that was supposed to be AB, but obviously that didn't work out because now he's shooting music videos with or whatever the hell he's got <laughs> going on. But I just feel like in order for this offense, regardless who's that quarterback, they need a number one guy and they don't have one on the roster. It's not even just a number one guy. They just need another guy to add, like, some serious depth, yeah. whether, it's just, it is, whether it's just, like, two number twos. Because, I mean, 2015 and 16, it's not like – and even 17, it's not like he had a true number one. He just had two really good number twos in Amari and Crabtree, and they were both well, and that's what he need. He needs – he doesn't need someone who can streak down the field. He needs someone who is adequate route runner, who's, yep. who's nice and crisp and creates separation and has some hands – 
because even we knew Amari and Crabtree had like the worst drop rates in like yeah. that three-year span. But I mean, hey, they created separation and they outputted two 1K seasons together, which is crazy. So I mean, yeah, that's the thing about Carr. He's not gonna throw a receiver wide open, but he's gonna throw you when you are open. And that's why you need someone who knows how to run routes easily. And that's why having, like you said, AB did take a hit. But I'm still thinking that that excuse was a wash the moment after those four weeks. You know, yeah. you had time to adjust, and you guys were looking fine six and four. So why are we gonna bring that up now after you just started failing? It clearly wasn't. I mean, wide receiver was an issue, but it's not a number one issue. But yeah, that it's just so many needs. You can usually pick a name out of a hat and be like, "Yep, yeah, that's a number one issue," and there's no wrong <laughs> thing. But I'm still gonna have to be like, it's, it's definitely his edge rusher because I mean. And no matter who the personnel is or the coordinator, the regime or anything, this defense has sucked for years. Ever <laughs> since they moved back to Oakland, they've just been horrendous. They've been like an old man defense. It's crazy to watch. It's like it's like the offense is playing on all Madden, but freaking the defense is on easy. They can't even match anything. They're just getting abused and taken for. But I will say some of the seasons that did that it did look okay in was when they had Khalil Mack and a couple of decent other pass rushing complimentaries. The defense still sucked, but they caused turnovers and forced a bunch of errors and even plugged the run sometimes. That is why pass rushers are so critical. The DBs were horrendous, but the pass rushers were great because they were able to do so many, uh, they were able to impact so many facets of the game. And even though they were, he wasn't consistently, you know, dominating, although there weren't a bunch of games that Khalil was getting. And I'm not saying that they have to go find a Khalil Mack one, but the point is get pass rushers. You get multiple ones and get a nice solid core ones. And now you're looking good. And if Crosby and Farrell do, especially Farrell turns out to be like, Hey, they're packed in the past pretty good. And you get like this one nice, like guy who can really dominate. Then great. Now eases up everything for the secondary. Mullen might actually look solid and Worley would actually maybe look a little better and eases up so much pressure in every level of the game. So edge rush, a clear cure case. And, even giving the offense more possessions because maybe even force some turnovers, which is something that was lacking this season as well. Yeah, no doubt. You know, Ed Rester's definitely going to be up there on my list, but I just feel like, you know, with the way this draft board, especially with the the way I'm liking it, I feel like they're going to be able to find that number one guy, and we'll, we'll see. It'll be a interesting offseason. Can't wait. It's almost my uh, my favorite time of year. And even linebacker. Yeah. I mean, like I said, dude, that linebacker covers so much you can do. But at least yeah. for one thing, we know 100% they're not touching. Well, they'll probably touch it at some point if the, if the value's there. Who knows? Offensive line pretty much and even tight end. That's <laughs> the one thing is they're safe. And yeah. fullback, everything else is open for business. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's all we got for you guys this week. Kept it short for you. Jose, where can the good people find you? At Jay Sanchez SI. Get at me, people. All right, and you can find me at mholder95. Follow the pod at SweetFly. And, of course, give us those five-star reviews wherever you are. Other than that, until next week. Hey, loves it.